This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. So, I am about to talk with my friend, Mayor Roshan. He is high up in the Hollywood Reporters Editorial Board. Tell me, is it different working with movie stars as opposed to us here on the East Coast? Well, there's uh, more than a few movie stars on the East Coast these days, but uh, it's it's a different kind of mentality. I think um, there's a different reverence for celebrities on the West Coast. Um, than on the East Coast, and it's it's much more central. In a way, it makes sense because celebrities, you know, provide so much of the city's income and revenue, and so many satellite businesses are kind of arrayed around this whole celebrity industrial complex. And so, with the strikes, you see, you know, the city has lost billions and billions of dollars um, just over the duration of these strikes. So, they occupy more central place in the city than they do in New York. It almost sometimes seems to me that it's a lot less friendlier, a lot less friendly for a person because here here you, you're out on the street or you're on a stoop. In California, everyone's behind some sort of a facade or a gate and you can't get to people. Am I right or am I wrong? I think you're right. And, you know, it, it came up, I, I remember when there were riots here and people were expecting them to happen in New York. And one of the reasons they said it didn't was that people in New York of all kind of classes and races, like mingled in the subways and on the street in a way that, you know, everyone's in their car, you go to your destination here and there's this less of a chance for people of different echelons to kind of hang out together. And, um, so, yeah, it's harder to date, I can attest. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, you're kind of constrained to your own kind of social set or places that you go, but there's not the mix that you get in New York, and which I miss having since I moved here. What else about California is different from New York? First of all, you, you don't have to schlep 44 hours on, on a highway to get anywhere. Here you go up two flights in an elevator. I thought I'd go crazy in California. You don't mind all of that? Yeah. You know, every person I I find people uh, who move here from New York, of which there are increasing numbers, I should say. So they originally start off by the beach, Venice and Santa Monica. And which seems great, like if you're going to be a New Yorker, you're going to want to move by the beach if you come to California. But then they realize that none of your friends will come visit you there because it's too far. (laughs) (laughs) So inevitably, all of you who move, you know, to Venice kind of go to the center of the city, especially if they have work and stuff like that. What is, yeah, Mayor, what is your view of the ongoing strike, which seems endless? What? Give me an insider's point of view. Well, two weeks ago, uh, 
one of my first covers here was everyone were certain the strike was going to be over like that day. Yeah. And so we had a cover and it was like, now what? The strike's over. Now what? And then the writer's strike was over, but the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild strikes are, are still continuing, like to everyone's shock and horror. Um, and again, it's, you know, lots of people are losing out. It's not just the actors, but the people around the actors, the grips, like, you know, a, a wide assortment, the studios. So supposedly now we're at another inflection point where people are predicting it's going to just one or two more days now. And I think that if I was to guess, I think it will be soon because people are just fed up with this and people are struggling. But, you know, Fran Drescher has proved uh, surprisingly to be this immovable force and, uh, Really, it's up to her and the SAG leadership um, how much longer they're willing to continue and also up to the studios to see if they'll give in on these last few points. But I think it's imminent that the strikes are going to... It's been imminent now for a very long time. I mean, a really, really long time. What is your view of the ongoing strike? Do you think it's correct or not correct for it to be going on like this? What is what is the Hollywood Reporter saying? Is it not difficult to get stories if if they're not working? How do you get your stories? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's recently it's been a lot about the strikes, not just Hollywood Reporter, but every magazine that has dependent on celebrities. Celebrities no longer can promote their projects, so meaning that. You know, there's a lot more music stars on covers of magazines now. If you've noticed, <laughs> yeah. you know, you kind of, uh, you know, digging where you can. Um, we have the NFL commissioner on one cover, which never would have happened before the strike. Because uh, you have you know, a weekly hole to fill. Um, but I think you're right. Everyone keeps saying it's about to be over. It's done, and it keeps you know, hobbling on, but my gut tells me that this really is, I'm not sure if it's a day or two or if it's like maybe a week, but I I really do think like we're looking at the end of this because there's not much appetite for keeping this going any longer. You and I know each other sort of a lifetime. When When you were working here, how did you actually start in journalism? You came, you came, your family came from overseas. Tell me about yeah, that and then yeah. how you got into this. Um, good question. So we were, uh, we came from Iran with my mom during the revolution in 79. Um, and you knew the Shah, right? Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> I knew him well. So, yeah, I, I remember that. Um at college, I was a messenger boy for Details Magazine, and uh, my fellow messenger was Sidney Lumet's daughter, Jenny. And uh, unlike, they used to give me like, here, kid, here's a token, deliver this package. And uh, Jenny Lumet said, I have my car and driver. So we are the only <laughs> messenger boy who had a car and driver. To deliver it. So, uh, and then I worked at a, uh, in Florida as a crime reporter and military reporter and 
moved to New York and worked at New York Magazine for about seven and a half years, where we worked together for the first time. Yeah. Why, um, why, why journalism? Why did you pick that when you had a background that was international? You know, I remember growing up, I, I came here when I was 13, but before I came here, I used to, my mom, who's American, used to get time and Vogue and all these things. And it just seemed like this exciting world that was beyond the world that I was living in. And even when we moved to Long Island, you know, I would read New York Magazine and knew all the socialites names and yeah, it just, I think magazines and media give you entree into worlds that are beyond you. And I think that's a valuable thing and an interesting thing to give access to people who maybe wouldn't have that access. I I don't understand. I mean, I, I've been writing all my life back before the earth cooled. But <laughs> what does an editor do i don't see that they have any great brains they just tell me where to put a comma when i didn't put a comma what is so great about what guys like you do i mean there's there's different kinds of editors so there's actual text editors like what you mentioned which is like you know this word sounds wrong or like put the comma but i think editors of magazines and and newspapers are like producers and they set a vision and they, so that vision guides not only the words, but also the images you use and the point of view. So it, the best magazines and newspapers are, you could imagine them as people, right? Like they have a tone and they come to life with a certain sensibility that's imposed from the top. So that's the best way I can describe it. So the words are just one part of it. It's just the look and feel. Does what that you mean you're not that. smart enough to be a writer? Is that what it means? I mean, to be <laughs> honest, I hate writing. I, I, I do writing, but uh, I really uh, admire people who could look at a blank page and come up with something because it's uh, a hard thing to do. And in fact, many of the writers I've often noted are crazy that we work with and I think it's because there's nothing scarier than like you have a deadline you're looking at this white piece of paper or your computer screen and you have you know a day to come up with something that works so uh, I have nothing but respect for people who can do that so yes I'm not as smart as those people oh I'm glad to hear that so tell me about Hollywood don't you have to be a lot careful about egos and hurt feelings and PR people we have some of it, but not quite as much as you have out in Hollywood. I'm trying to think if that's true, because having worked in New York for so long, plenty of egos and bruised feelings over there that we had to deal with in publicists. <laughs> um, Can you tell I, me of any? <laughs> <laughs> Can you I think could go down of a one? Long list. Uh, I think, you know... I, there is more because there's a star system here. There's much more uh, fealty paid or like uh, consideration of that kind of thing here in L.A. than there would be in New York. What do you mean? Um, I make that simple. I mean, what are you talking about? I, again, because 
celebrities are responsible for the success or failure of a lot of projects, and they're often the glue that holds certain projects together. And so writers and all these people are paid because of them. And, you know, things fail or succeed because of them. So they occupy a much more central position than celebrities in New York. Um, So the care and feeding of celebrities is more important here. But I think, you know, New York has its own version of movie star celebrities. You know, there's people in who are kind of VIPs who are, you know, people treat and are very, you know, careful not to offend in the same way that celebrities are treated here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So is it easier or not easier to work on the West Coast than here? I don't like the West Coast. I'm not fond of it. I don't feel comfortable in it. But obviously, I remember we've talked. We talked about that when I lived in New York. Yes, and, uh, I know. I know. That's I remember when I first came here. Like, the craziest thing was they were like, I was smoking at the time, and they said, "You go out and they're like, you're on the no no smoking sidewalk, so you have to walk across the street to the <laughs> smoking sidewalk," which I thought was so bizarre. <laughs> um, but you know, there's something to be said about like walking. This is such a cliche, but the the weather really is a big you know it's it's sunny right now and i'm in a t-shirt which i think is not the case in new york today oh no it isn't no it isn't and at least i hope you washed your t-shirt how do you feel (laughs) about artificial intelligence i don't understand it so you have to explain it to me simply so someone uh recently had uh died here and we had to do an obituary. So I had to sign this obituary to one of our young writers and it was taking forever to come in. And just on a whim, I decided, I wonder if I ask chat GPT, which is one of these artificial intelligence engines and said, please write me a obituary of this person. And it spit it out in 20 seconds. So the easiest way to explain that is something that the I was waiting on the writer to do, uh, which would have come in. You know, it's not like the chat GPT did it perfectly or without error. It needed editing, but so would the young writer need editing. And so I think on basic things like that, you know, I, I think we're going to find basic tasks replaced by AI, um, whether it can replicate much more sophisticated things. I mean, there's always going to be a need for creative writers and artists. Um, but, like, some of the basics can definitely be covered now by computers, for better or worse. What about heart? What about gizzard? What about that kind of thing that comes out of a writer that AI doesn't have? They <laughs> may have the efficiency in writing words and spelling words and being proper in grammar but and history. But what about the emotion, the gizzard that people like us have? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm 
to me, that's really important. And I don't want to see ever like that kind of stuff being replaced. But when you think of how many things don't require emotion, like, like simple news stories that you just need the facts for, and you don't need a lot of artistry for, and that's takes up a lot of, you know, you've worked in newspapers. So a lot of jobs are just like, take the headlines, write it up quickly. And, and those are the jobs that are going to be at risk. Someone said something interesting the other day, which is, you know, the last big tech revolution kind of made computer programmers and people like that white collar jobs much more important. And this, revolution is going to make those people less important and plumbers and electricians more important because that's something AI definitely can't do. So it's an interesting reversal of fortunes for these groups. Here's something that I'm sort of loath to bring up, but we're all involved in it in the city here. Your heritage is Iranian and Jewish. Yeah. What are you and feeling Jewish. about what's happening now? Uh, it's been awful, actually. I, it's been a scary moment, <laughs> which I think, you know, a lot of people who are progressive and also, it, I remember my grandmother telling us, like, you know, never feel too safe because there's all of this anti-Semitism around and we're always thought it was quaint and we're like, okay, grandma, we're not, you know, 1940s Germany anymore. And we're not there now, but I think it made us, me and, and a lot of other people who thought that was behind us more aware that it's never fully eradicated. Um, you look at college campuses and just look at elements of the media and, you know, the equivocating about something that was just, you know, the worst uh, loss of life of Jewish people since the Holocaust in one day. And that the day after there would be kind of explaining it away or, you know, I think that that's a wake up call to a lot of people that uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. Do you hear from anyone in the old country? I have some relatives there. Um, and, you know, they live under a theocracy, so, you know, Islamic fundamentalists. I, I had brief hope uh, about six months ago when the country in Iran, led by women, um, were marching against the Ayatollahs, but they pretty effectively, by killing, you know, hundreds of people and thousands of people and by jailing thousands of people, they seem to have put that down. But uh, their time will come. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask a question, and however you're going to answer it, I know you will. You can answer it. There are people in Hollywood, there are big names, who have said some very harsh things about Semites or whatever, and yet they are still working. They are still engaged. How does that work? Is there no way for them to be taken away or stopped in some way? Um, I think when you look at the institutions of Hollywood, I think institutionally there's been a pushback against that kind of thing much more than like, for example, that you see at Harvard or at academia or, you yeah. know, 
and even the certain segments of the media. Um, so I think actually Harvard, the response of Hollywood has been more, you know, in line with just popular opinion than, than these other places. But, you know, the, the world is changing and things that were sacrosanct no longer are. And they, no one can effectively shut people down or shut them up. I, I think the way, you know, if some movie star or some studio executive says something that's really out of line, then if the studios feel that that's going to hurt their bottom line, then that will be, you know, addressed. But still a free country and people are entitled to their opinions that as odious as they may seem. Okay. Hollywood Reporter, how much in advance do you write something? How, how, well, how, what's your lead time? Our weekly. <laughs> we're weekly, but not always. Like, so I think we have uh, 40 issues a year. Um, so I like to go right up to the edge. And so with the strike, uh, you know, we're the magazine goes to press on Tuesday. And so we have two different covers, one in case we're doing Fran gesture as a cover, just between me and you and your listeners. <laughs> uh, but one is <laughs> yeah. the cover that has, you know, if the strike is over and then a different cover if the strike is continuing. So you have to, by being up to the minute, it just requires some extra work sometimes to cover your bases. Um, okay, I like before to keep, I let you but, go. Go on. Before, do do you have to get OKs for these high-class celebrities before you print something? Because you tend not to be nasty or snotty like sometimes I might be. Do you have to get OKs? Do they check them no. before the stories come out? You know me. I've never I've never operated that way. Uh, and it wouldn't. We're not a fan zine, and we actually have been critical of celebrities and often. Um, I think that you're right. That's a trade, and Hollywood Reporter is kind of a hybrid. Trade magazines are kind of industry focused, like Variety and Deadline. That uh, so they tend to toe the line more because they really need to curry favor with these people. But we also are a magazine that reaches beyond industry people to get normal people like in New York and all over the country. So we're less hemmed in by those, you know, we, we don't have to kowtow to the celebrities so much and we don't. Okay. We'll never be kick you, as kick-ass as Thank you, sweetie. Thank you, honey. I look forward to seeing you and for reading the magazine. Thanks a lot, Tommy. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me. Take care. Bye.